Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask, we beg, as we hear in the gospel, for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit this day, for a deeper understanding of our own woundedness. And we ask to know in our hearts Jesus, the divine physician, the healer of all of our wounds, the deliverer of all of our darkness, and the healer of all of our sins. Please help us come to know this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Question. When was the last time that you wept over the state of your own soul? When was the last time that you wept over the state of your own soul, or even the state of a family member's soul, or a friend's soul, or even just the state of the world, or the state of the church? When was the last time that you just wept? One of my professors from St. Meinrad Seminary, where I went my first two years of seminary, said that I can see clearest when I have tears in my eyes. I can see clearest when I have tears in my eyes. And I want us to really focus on just the fact of when was the last time you wept because just by the fact that we don't have as many people in the pews as we should, it should be a sign that something's not right. There is a fear in our hearts that the Lord is trying to deliver so we can walk by faith and not by sight of what the world is offering. And we hear in our first reading today that people have hearts that are frightened. I think a lot of us, when we look around the world, we're more frightened than we are courageous or confident. And a lot of us, we have this lie in our hearts, in the eye of our hearts, that if we really let Christ in, if we really opened up and stopped, stopped looking from the outside like we have it all together, but if we really opened up, Jesus would destroy you. He'd find something in you that is unlovable, that is gross, that is unhealable, undeliverable. Yet the truth behind that lie is that he comes to save you. He comes to save all of us. And to have us be safe. That's where we get the word saved from. And he comes to set you free from the past. Of anything you've done in the past where it just, you're like, nope, I'm not going there. And that's where he wants to encounter you. Because we hear in Jeremiah 27, he comes to give you a future full of hope. And what does Jesus do? What does the Lord do? We hear that in our responsorial psalm, that blind, or our first reading today, that blind eyes are opened, deaf ears are cleared, lame are leaping, and tongues are singing. But now, if this is just thousands of years ago, we can just go home. But Jesus is now. He wants to encounter you right now, right here, at 11.15 in the morning. Because we heard in the responsorial psalm, what Jesus does is he sets captives free. All of us are held captive by something. And the Lord gives sight to the blind. All of us are blind to something. And the Lord raises up those who are bowed down. He, the Lord loves the just. The Lord protects. The Lord sustains. And he's inviting each of us to maybe take a look at the second reading today. And in our second reading, we are challenged to stop passing judgment based on outward appearances or worldly wealth. 
When we look around, a lot of us, maybe we struggle seeing other people created in God's image likeness, seeing people as God's sons and daughters. And I think some of us are soul sick with the sin of vanity, where we care more about what other people think about us, more about how we appear on the outside, rather than our relationship with Jesus. Ultimately, it doesn't even matter what I think or Father Matt thinks. It doesn't even matter what Deacon Andy thinks or the person sitting next to you thinks or the president thinks or the pope thinks or the bishop thinks. It only matters what God thinks. And until we can get that right, we're blind to something. And we'll, have, we'll be like that man in our gospel reading today who has that speech impediment, who is deaf in his woundedness. And that reading in our gospel we really need to look at closely because it shows the power of intercession. Notice how people brought this sick man to Jesus. And that's what our prayers are to this day. We bring sick people to Jesus. And the ultimate way we do that is through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But also we can do it through each other. We can be Christ to one another. And Jesus receives this sick man. And he pulls him off by himself. And that's what Jesus wants with each of you. That's what he wants with me. He wants more individual time with him. We have to come to know that he doesn't find anything about you repulsive. He doesn't find anything about you on the inside repulsive. And he says, let me literally stick my finger in your ear. And let me touch your tongue and let me set you free. And maybe those images kind of gross you out. Well, let's, get, let's get over the physical, but what do you think he's really doing? What do you think Jesus is really doing? Because there's something broken in this man. And there's something broken in each of us. That's why we need a Savior. And the Lord calls him and he's entrusted to Jesus under the title of the Divine Physician. Do you see Jesus as healer? Is it something that's just thousands of years ago? Or is it something present now? Because if he is who he says he is, who do you need to bring to Jesus to be healed? Who, is, who has a speech impediment, spiritually speaking? Who, has, who is deaf to the truth that you know? Or... What do you need healing in your life from? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it psychological? Is it spiritual? Where's the block that's causing you to be deaf to the truth that we hear that Jesus loves you no matter what you do? And every second of every day, he's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And we have become deaf to it because it's the best news. It is the good news. And Jesus wants to be the healer and we don't have to be. Because sometimes when we see other people whose lives are quote-unquote screwed up, we play Mr. Fix-It or Mrs. Fix-It and the Lord's saying, either I'm doing everything or I'm doing nothing. Let me work through you. Become an instrument of God's peace. Let him do the work. And we have to ask ourselves, are we allowing God, are we allowing his word to transform us? Are we allowing ourselves to be shaped and molded by his word? And I want to talk about that because that's my challenge this week. I want to challenge you 
to read the Word of God for 10 minutes a day. So someone says, what are we supposed to do this week? Read the Word of God 10 minutes a day. If you do 10 minutes, go to 20. If you do 20 minutes, go to 30. But it shouldn't be a burden because if you know who Jesus is, you should want to know what He sounds like. You should love spending time with Him. You're just chilling with Jesus. And that's what He wants to do is spend time with you. And we know what He sounds like by spending time with His Word in this world that is full of darkness because we hear in Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And reading the word of God every day is vital, is vital to being healed and learning how to help others because the word of God alone can shed light on whatever is dark in your lives. It can shed light upon whatever lies you believe in. And they keep, and from those lies that keep us deaf and mute. And Scripture is a mirror. Scripture is a mirror that opens our minds and our hearts to know, every, to know ourselves truly, the good and the bad. To be honest with ourselves. And Jesus, right now, has a sincere desire to touch your heart, to touch my heart, to touch all of our hearts with his word. To show us our sins, yeah, he's going to show us our sins. He's going to show us our identity as sons and daughters of the Father. But he's also going to lead us to a true conversion so you can look back and say, on this day, because I started reading the Word of God 10 minutes every day, my life changed. And you'll learn how to practice a life that's actually illuminated by the Word of God. Because St. John Paul II, St. John Paul II said, a Christian who does not pray is a Christian at risk. And I would say even further, a Christian, a believer who does not read the Word of God daily is a Christian at risk. So the question is, are you at risk? Do you know somebody who is at risk, who is in need of that epitha prayer that we hear in the gospel today, which is be opened? Where, where are you closed off to God? Because if you feel that God is far away, when we open the word of God, Matthew 28, 20 says, I am always with you, even till the end of the age. And if you feel you're just crushed, by your sins. Isaiah 43.25 says, I will not remember your sins. And if we feel that we lack resources, we need to advance in life, we should hopefully know Psalm 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So the challenge is before you to spend 10 minutes with the word of God every day, not as a burden, but because He's your best friend. He's your Savior. He's your Lord. He's King of Kings. He is the Divine Physician. And the fact that we need Jesus, the Divine Physician, is proved right now by the lack of people in these pews.